Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. In this episode, we've got another movie review, and this time we're looking at Scream. Directed by Matt bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett, Scream, or also known as Scream 5, is the slasher film written by James Vanderbilt and Guy Busick. The movie is out now, but if you haven't seen Scream yet and you want to, go watch it first before listening to our full review. We will be talking spoilers. The film is the fifth installment in the Scream film series and is a direct sequel to Scream 4. It is the first in the series to not be directed by Wes Craven following his death in 2015. Jason, you have the plot. 25 years after a streak of brutal murders shocked the quiet town of Woodsboro, a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past. Do you want to give a quick plug to your recent episode of Rewind and Review? Okay, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Um, Oh, yeah. Rewind and Review. Rob and I, we went back and we checked out, once again, the the original Saw uh, Saw film. What am I talking about? We checked out the original Scream film all the way back in 1996. Um, In anticipation for this Scream film, I really do hate the fact that it's the same name, but (laughs) <laughs> I guess I guess they have fun with it. Um, so yeah, check that out if you so wish. Get yourself caught up. Um, it's probably all you really need to know, sort of, for this. I mean, if you didn't want to watch, you know, two, three, and four, you can just jump straight into this one after watching that first one. I do like it when you guys cover the first movie <laughs> ahead of us reviewing the latest sequel, or in this case, a requel. Requel. Which is very much a it's very much a thing now, isn't it? We've had a few. We've had Jurassic Park, Terminator, Halloween, Ghostbusters, Star Wars. Requel is a thing. It definitely is. And do, do you remember, like when we were originally, like when we were first talking about this new Scream film or Scream Five, whatever? Like in our minds, it was, you know, it was Scream Five, and it was like, okay, but what's the you know what's the gag? What's the gimmick? What are they? What are they? What's the meta sort of angle that they're going for? We, we know, you know, the original film is about horror movies, slasher films, and then we've got the sequel is about sequels, and then the third one, the trilogy, the fourth one, reboots. And it was sort of like, well, they've done the reboot. What else can they do? And I was like, shared universes? Um, I, I don't know. And it what literally wasn't until Rob and I were doing that rewind and review episode and we started speculating and we were like you know with the title it's sort of like what they did with halloween maybe what they're doing is like this is like a direct sequel to the first one and ignoring all the other sequels and we were like no that would be too ridiculous but here we are pleasantly surprised and i like oh yeah the way (laughs) the way this movie turned out was the best way to do it every movie happened every movie counts Mm. I mean, initially, this film was going to be titled Scream 5, but then they dropped the number from the title. This is obviously a sequel to Scream 4, but they wanted this to relaunch the series, but it is confusing. And they did it at Halloween. They're doing it here with Scream. It's the next film along, although slightly different to Halloween because that did ignore all the sequels. That doesn't right. hold up. It is more in line with, I guess, like, you know, the what Jurassic World did or I guess what Star Wars The Force Awakens did 
you know, and and this movie does, I guess, uh, you know, make those comparisons to those um, movies and franchises. But I've got to be honest, Scream as a franchise, I've been a fan since that first movie in '96, and you're right, like they do something different with each film. So there's always something to enjoy. Like what's going to be the approach this time? And the thing with Scream, it's not looking to be obvious. Like the opening of this movie, you've got Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. You're just waiting for the character to die. Even though over the years, Scream has taught us not to expect the expected. They will try and twist things. And honestly, I, I spent the whole movie waiting for this character to die. Never happens. <laughs> yeah, she's 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 quite important to the to the plot and, and everything that's going on. But I've got to tell you, going into this movie, like even though like you, like I'm quite a fan of of this Scream franchise. And I did go back and rewatch like you know the other three movies as well as the first. Um what I found was that, like, you know, obviously this, that original movie, not only was it so clever and smart in what it was doing, but it was still genuinely a really good horror flick. As the series did go on, I mean, I've got to admit it, I was watching that third one again and I was like, oh, wow, like, this is kind of silly. Like, it's getting a bit goofy now. And then you're watching that fourth movie and it's not as good as I remember that opening sequence there's it's like a movie within a movie and i'm just like oh what is what is happening like i get it they're just having fun and they're playing with us but i'm just like ah it's sort of missing that i don't know it's missing that sort of genuineness going into this fifth one i was like look at the end of the day as long as we can have fun i'm not expecting too much but i've got to say straight away like i'm very very surprised at what they've done here um, without giving too much well, I'm going to say it's well, a, I'm going to say this I'm going to say this right this is this is the film from the directors of Ready or Not which I thought was fantastic really good film so with that in mind I'm thinking oh okay so maybe they're going to do something special with this and they have like they've approached this movie you know they talked about the opening of Scream 4 it's silly and cheesy you've got the fake outs and it's just Silly. This movie, although very much in line with the franchise, wasn't overly silly. So I really, yeah, there's, there's a lot to like. So you watched Scream 1 to 4 ahead of this one. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Great. Oh, yeah, I, I did the same thing. But I pointed out to you a couple of weeks ago, it's really strange that there's been a re-release on DVD and Blu-ray but they haven't included Scream 4, and it seems to get missed out. Now, originally, Scream started off at Dimension. Paramount Pictures are now the film's distributor, but they only got distribution rights to Scream 1, 2, and 3. Oh, so like the fourth one's still sort of in limbo a little bit. Yeah, so that's why it's getting left out, but it's really odd. And I was thinking with that in mind that maybe this movie would ignore four, but they absolutely don't. Like Kirby is mentioned at least 
twice. And when doing prep for this, I didn't realise that she was a fan favourite. Yeah, look, I mean, that fourth one, there was still some, you know, some shining moments to it. And i got to admit, the characters were pretty fun and likeable. And yeah, like the Kirby character was, yeah, she was pretty cool, pretty spunky. She's probably easily one of, if not the best thing about it, to be honest. I mean, we'll give it a spoiler warning for this movie, but we may talk about other screen movies. <laughs> I've got Jill. I'll try to avoid Hater. it. I, I, okay, when Jill Prescott, hate that character. Nothing against Emma Roberts, just Jill, the character from Scream 4. Yeah, so that... I've seen Scream 4 twice now. First at the cinema, and then years later, I watched it ahead of this one, and I forgot how much I, I was annoyed by Jill. I completely forgot. The movie's okay. I've completely forgot, you know, who the killer was in that movie until you um until you spoiled it for me. Uh <laughs> before I watched it. Oh, but I didn't know you forgot who the killer was. Oh, and on that screen. I mean, it clearly sounds like we're fans, and we are. Yeah. It's not just another slasher movie. And yes, you know, first movie was, you know, it played up all the tropes from you know the big horror movies, but it's a whodunit. I've always enjoyed that about these films. Yeah. And even they went so far, like with this movie in particular, like they put the posters out there, it had all the cast on there, and then in bold writing it says the killer was on this poster. It's like, oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's always someone they know. That's right. That's right. But, yeah, it's a slasher movie, but it's also a hood on it. Mm. But as I said... Tara Carpenter, the movie opens with her. I've got to be honest, Jenna Ortega. There's a show that my kids are watching on Disney Plus, Stuck in the Middle, and it's a show she did years ago, a Disney Channel sitcom. So I was worried for her going in because I'm thinking, oh, no, I hope nothing happens. So, you know, I've only just watched the movie Midsummer because I didn't want to see anything horrible happen to Florence Pugh. But I finally watched that movie. I had a similar experience with this. I was hoping nothing was going to happen. She's the first person you see at the beginning of the movie. Well, you're like, well, this is a Scream film. They always die. But this one is the first Scream movie where you got the opening, the victim survives. Not just the opening, the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. Plays with expectations. I love it. I gotta say though, like obviously, like you go back to those, like you know, the the earlier films, and it's like we've got teenagers, but you know, they're played by older cast cast members. Even in that fourth screen film, like you know, Emma Roberts, as you mentioned before, like she's still sort of in my mind. I'm like, I know that she's older. This um, this girl though, General Taylor, like. She just still looks so young that when she is getting like sort of tossed around and stabbed multiple times, I'm like, I just felt like I was watching a child being killed. Obviously, she doesn't, she doesn't die, but I don't know. I just felt like I was like, oh wow, this is this feels different. It was a different feeling at the start of this movie. I was like, oh, no, I feel like you need to be older for me to enjoy this. Otherwise, I just feel <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> like, but then she survives, so that does. kind of turns it as well. Yeah. But at the same time, you're right. I mean, she gets hurt a lot. And not just in the opening of the movie. Later on, when she's in the hospital, like, you know, she goes through the ringer. 
but it's okay. She hey. actually survives the movie. She gets a she gets some kick ass moments at the end, you know, with a with one of her crutches, and you know, she gets to shoot a gun into Ghostface's face, even though she's not wearing the mask at that time. Ah, oh, but it still counts. It still counts. She still, but, <laughs> she still, she still gets to shoot face. the killer in the face, and that's that's pretty awesome. And it's not subtle, but I like her surname. A nice nod to John Carpenter. 100%. I leant over to the wife in that and I was like, Carpenter? And she was like, what? <laughs> I had to explain oh, it. no. <laughs> no, I had to explain it to her and she was like, oh, okay. Like did you explain that it's John Carpenter, the director of Big Trouble in Little China? Or did you uh, go for Halloween? I, I mean, I did go with Halloween because oh, okay. you know, keep it in line with the genre. <laughs> sure. And they do something with her sister, Sam Carpenter, played by Melissa Barrera. It took me a while to realise, we're not too long, when Ski, is it Ulrich? Yeah, Ski Ulrich. Billy Loomis from the first, yeah, that's that's the guy, isn't it? He's not done too many things, but when he popped up, and I'm like, is that really the same actor? And of course, it is. And she is seeing him around the place and he's whispering in her ear to do certain things. She's taking medication to drown him out. This movie takes us back to Woodsboro. We'd not been there. Was it? I think this is the, the first one was Woodsboro, wasn't it? And the fourth one, I think two and three was elsewhere. But well, the third well, one two, was in Hollywood. Two was at like the, the college. I think it was still in Woodsboro, but. Or maybe it was just. Oh, I thought they. Yeah, maybe I thought it was, it was a college. Maybe it was out of town. Somewhere else. But yeah, obviously, but like three was they, Hollywood. So. Yeah. But I like how they found a way to bring it back to that town and having the connection of Billy Loomis. And I was, uh, yeah, getting what they were doing. And I was also thinking at some point, are we going to actually see Matthew Lillard? And I'm looking around the place to see if I see him. Well, I mean, but we get Billy, we get his house. Billy Loomis. We get his old house, which is pretty cool. Um, not Billy's, but uh, yeah, Matthew Lillard's character slipping in. You know what? But you know, Matthew Lillard, he actually does have a cameo in this film. He has two cameos. <gasps> what? What? He's he's Ghostface Killer in the film within a film Stab Eight. You know, he's got the metal mask and the flamethrower. Oh, right. Okay. That's him, is it? That's that's him. Yeah. And also, when they're at the party and it's for Wes, which you've got the character Wes, who is the son of deputy now Sheriff Judy. Judy? Hicks. Yep. Yes. Judy Hicks. At the party, you hear there's a few people like talking, there's music playing. And of those voices, you hear Matthew Lillard, you hear Hayden Penatari. Jamie Kennedy, Henry Winkler, Adam Brody. And that is because it's a party for Wes. I thought that was a really, really nice touch. Oh, okay. Well. But sorry, going back to, yes, we've got (laughs) Samantha and she's seeing Billy Loomis. You know, this movie, it ends at a point where, you know, we talked about a girl face getting shot in the, well, Mm -hmm. face. Where it ends, it's like it could go in in different ways. Like we could get a Scream Six where it's another 
version of the films that we've had, you know, playing on a, a different, you know, series of tropes on films. Or they could do something different where you're following the character Sam and she really, you know, leans into what she knows of her father. I mean, who knows? But we're definitely getting something different here. And I like that it connected these characters in Sydney because we have to wait so long before Sydney Prescott turns up, pretty much like in, what was it, Scream 3? We had to wait quite a while for her to turn up in that one as well. Yeah, it's almost like the, um, yeah, like she's the, she's still the star. And I guess like waiting for her, for her big arrival, it's like waiting for Superman to arrive to save the day almost. It's, it's very much like, oh, we know she can do it, but we've got we've to keep her hidden until, until the time's right to build that suspense. But it's great how what this movie does in terms of like, and again, this goes into like its meta dissection of, I guess, these types of films. You know, it, it draws from the original film, creates some sort of new twist, backstory, connection to some new characters, with which obviously has that linkage to what they call like the legacy characters. Um, so yeah, obviously that's our, our gateway into getting Sydney back. You know, Gail Weathers, Dewey. They're back. Even oh hell, even Judy Hicks, if you want to count her as one of those. And bloody, um, what's his name? Uh, Thingy's. I always forget his name. But uh, Randy's Randy's bloody sister. Even Martha's back. Yeah, yeah, you know, like she's they, in it. They find a way to to bring some people back, but for for logical reasons. And with all these new characters, what the killer? Well, it doing, was a. Yeah, it was a good way of doing it. Having the Meeks siblings. Yeah, And then she had that moment when she came in, they put a bit of grey in her hair. I mean, I looked it up. Like The actress is about 12 years older than the kid she's playing the mother of. <laughs> but she didn't look too much older, to be honest. Like you know, The actress hasn't changed too much. They put the, put the grey in the hair. But it, yes, it, it was a good way of having the legacy characters. Because, yeah, you know, Judy Hicks, she counts. I'd, I'd count her and her son's in there. You've got the Meeks kids. So it, yeah, it was a really good way of having the legacy characters, but having it be the new characters who are having, the story was about them. They were going to be the main focus, but then events would happen and you're going to get David Arquette as Dewey Riley getting brought back in. And they really teleplayed his death, didn't they? <laughs> it was so obvious it was down on his look it was no longer a cop i mean he even got it right he pointed to the boyfriend saying it's probably him it's always the boy I mean, they 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 call that out at the end they're like do we had it at his you know his first shot he he picked it straight away much like randy's guess in the original film like he was correct like he guessed who it was going to be but when you've got do we He's calling Sydney, checking on her, seeing if she's okay. He's asking if she's got a gun. She says, I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Classic. Apparently that was uh, Neve Campbell's idea to include it. It was a really good line. Even in that, we find out that Patrick Dempsey's character, Mark from Scream 3, is with Sydney and they've got kids together. So th- I like the fact, even though Scream 3, you know, say what you will about Scream 4, People do have issue with Screen 3, 
but this movie is still leaning into it. They make a joke about Gail's bangs that she used to have, <laughs> famously bad hairstyle that she had in Scream 3. So I like that. It's all over the place, but in a good way. And the fact that you and I rewatched those first films, you're going to get a lot of what's been said. Well, going back to Dewey, he's on the phone to Sydney and she's saying, there's nothing that could get me back to Woodsboro. And then Dewey's like, you know what? I'm going to go and help the kids. You're like, well, okay. He's clearly going to die. And that's what's <laughs> going to bring Sydney back. I did have one gripe of um, like when Sydney does show up. Okay. So the, the series of events that happen is oh, like Dewey's killed. And then the next scene is they're at like the hospital. I'm assuming it's all, you know, they've probably tried to, to save him. It didn't happen. Well, they were already at the hospital, weren't they? I forget where he died. He died at the hospital. Um, yeah, he was at the hospital because he was protecting Sydney Tara. Because she was, yeah. Sydney shows up and she's like, I came as soon as I heard. And it's like, I just felt like, okay, he only died maybe a couple hours ago. I Where did she come from? <laughs> and how did... I don't know. That one little nitpick in this movie, I just wanted to point it Honestly, out. Honestly, I I buy it. I really do buy it. It was mean, already they, on her way. She was already on they, her they way. They didn't just experience something together. They experienced four things together over four films. That's it. But they so did the, they did the they they han soloed him. They <laughs> they they didn't have our legacy characters unite on screen together. They had the couple. The, the, that's true the estranged couple wow they really did star wars this they had the estranged couple. now you now you say it yeah they absolutely we got them together <laughs> um our han solo was killed spoilers for uh force awakens it's been a couple of years i mean are, are you saying sydney <laughs> is luke skywalker i would say this? so yes well, of course she's our main <laughs> character of course she is. sydney is luke skywalker i'm just so glad she didn't rock up right before the end credits because because damn, <laughs> would have been. that's true. Yeah, yeah. So at least she stuck imagine. around. Yeah, <laughs> she showed up. She, showed up, she did showed what up Luke a lot Star earlier. Walker should have done. <laughs> as soon as um, yes, Arnold was off the table. <laughs> All right, I'm back in. I'm back in. Come on. <laughs> that's absolutely what should have happened with Star Wars. But anyway, back to back to Scream. Although you are still kind of talking about Scream, I've got to be honest. Again, history with these characters. You know, I've been watching these films since the first one came out on VHS. The moments between Dewey and Gale really hit for me. You've got great performances there and believed everything the characters were doing and saying. And when when Dewey got stabbed and he gets stabbed or shot? Uh, let's say both, <laughs> but the main kicker was a stab that and a bit of okay. cutting, like a fish. You watched this more <laughs> recent than me. I, I saw it as soon as it came out, and I've sat on it and I've waited to talk about it for a couple of weeks. When when he got killed, I got quite sad. <laughs> I really, I really felt it. I mean, but I mean, keep in mind this is a character that should have died many times over. I mean, yeah. was he? Which one was it? Was it two or three where the knife is throwing, is being thrown towards his head 
and the knife is just spinning in the air and then he gets hit on the butt of the knife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's been stabbed in the back and he got nerve damage. It's been done for so many times. Yeah. But when he was finally dead in this movie, even though again I very much I strongly thought it was gonna happen, it was sad. It, it was it was sad to see him him die, but sometimes in films it's what your lead character needs as motivation. And she was gonna do what it takes to avenge his death. That's it. That's it. I gotta admit though, I, there was a little part of it because he has been stabbed so many times, and you know, it just in each movie, it's pretty much oh, though he's dead, and then oh no, he's not. He survived. Even I mean, we saw the body bag. We saw you know a little name tag attached to it. But even then, I was like, they could somehow just. No. Rock up at the very <laughs> when we got to like the you know the final fight scene you know back in that kitchen and it was sort of like oh all we need now is someone to just to burst in the room and sort of save the day could be Dewey <laughs> like I don't know I, I don't I'm know. glad I they didn't I'm glad they didn't it. do that I'm with you I'm I'm glad that he glad that he's dead but I'm glad that they stuck to it because that's what they did and yeah they should definitely stick to it which they but I was worried. I was like, oh, what if they do? What if they bring him back and just say, oh. To give him to give him credit, he actually did take down Ghostface. And if it had followed through, they'd have been one down, one to go. With these movies, always I'm, always, I'm always wanting you like when yeah, when there's always two, it's like who who's under the mask at what time and, and when and who's killing who? I always want to know. And I wish there was more concrete answers to it. Well, they, they can't because it doesn't always work because sometimes it will be a shorter character that will appear <laughs> as Ghostface go Tall. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, well, I don't know about that. But you just go with it. You That's just particular in this one, like the Amber character is, she's quite on the shorter side, especially next to Jack, Jack Quaid's sort of, you know, stance. But... Uh, <laughs> But whatever, you know, Ghostface seems to be quite tall throughout this whole movie. So, yeah, whatever. Maybe she's just got, you know, platform shoes on or something, little stilts. But how did we feel about the, like, the reveal? Reveals, maybe? Yeah, I've... Mm, I mean, I, it, it worked. I mean, the Jack Wade character, he... He was very much a, he was playing a newbie to the whole thing. Like he wasn't familiar. He was watching the stab movies on Netflix. I don't know. I, I think I believed him. I yeah. don't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, yes, thinking about that, I did not suspect him. Just to shake things up. So with Amber, I had a feeling, I had a feeling. Um, she just seemed like the grimmest of all of the of the the kids, and I was like, if it is one of her friends, I feel like that. Like I felt like that would be the one. I didn't know the motivation. I couldn't work any of that out, but I was like, okay, I think I've picked her. The Jack Quaid character, though, I legitimately, you know, as they were approaching, you know, they got to that party and stuff like that. I was like, he's legitimately the smartest character in any horror movie I've ever seen ever. He's just. He just keeps getting sucked into the situation, but he really doesn't want to be there. 
I 100% believed his, his his intentions, his integrity to be a good guy. And then this movie, I was like, oh, all right. But then when it was revealed, I was like, I buy it, I buy it as well. So they got me. Yeah. It, and that was fun. That was does, a fun journey I went on. Yeah, it, it does track. It's interesting with the casting here. Like, because, you know, again, saying this movie is a requel, there's quite a few, or there's a couple of actors in here whose parents are also actors. So we're talking about Jack Quaid already, the son of Dennis Quaid, Meg Ryan. Hmm. Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks Martin. He's the son of Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Gooding? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's an interesting reproach. And maybe, maybe there's some more. Maybe there's some more. Uh, cast members in here who have got actor parents. The character of Wes Hicks, I did not think he was going to die when he died. He comes out of the shower. His mum, Judy, has gone to get a takeaway. I honestly was surprised when he was killed and then she was killed on the front lawn. Yeah, well, because she was killed first, right? So it almost seemed like... She was killed and he was inside, yeah, and then... Yeah. Interesting what they were doing with the whole setup there, like him in the shower, then him in the kitchen and walking around the house. And it was like pretty much every single time he would open a door, close the door. It was like waiting for, you know, like a, like a fake, a fake out of a, of a jump scare. So I was like, oh, there's nothing there. And then, yeah, like when obviously, you know, Judy's running towards the front porch and then she's stabbed and it's like, oh, it's just been a trap to get her. And then you think, okay, now Wes is going to have to obviously deal with this situation and a bit of grieving. Maybe he's got some sort of motivation now to sort of really try and get involved and fight back. But it's like, nah, they take him out too. So, yeah, like you, I'm, I was surprised it was a double whammy. Take both both Hicks out in one hit. Yeah, and he just it happened so quickly. So, you know, I am curious. I'm going to have to look into it after to see if, there are any, if there's any other actors with actor parents, because definitely what's happening in the movie, everybody or the victims have got a connection to characters from previous movies. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the... I mean, the whole thing with... Yeah, I was going to say the whole thing with Randy's niece, and she's watching Stab with the character that's based on her uncle, and she's falling for the same thing that he's falling for. That whole thing, whole sequence was fun. <laughs> it started to it started to freak me out like because obviously we had only seen like certain bits of of i guess like the stab film or the original one anyway so we were getting sort of some new stuff here which was obviously just i guess remaking what we had saw in the original screen film but in my head i'm like how do they like how do they know like the shots were almost perfectly like mimicking exactly. Well, I mean, I guess they had actual footage of that. I don't know. I'm still I'm still dissecting, but I just felt like I was like, ah, oh, they they know a little bit too much. And I get it. It's based on Gail Weathers' book, and she was really involved. And she was there. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she, she was, was there for most of it. You know what I thought after watching this? Remember they made that screen TV series? Yes, that was. MTV still connected with Paramount who made this movie and the fourth one. It was a different storyline 
for seasons one and two in the final season, which I went, I tried a couple of episodes, but didn't stick with it. It was actually Ghostface. And it was a different killer with a different identity in the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. After watching this movie, I thought, do you know what would have been cool? If the TV show was Stab, if they'd done like a Stab series. Because whenever they show the reenactments with different actors, I always want to see that a little bit more. And that could have been a bit more original than Scream, the series. Are you saying, are you saying in, this, in this movie, the characters... Like for M- no, oh, for oh. MTV, instead of them making Scream, the TV series, if they'd made Stab. Oh, like actually made Stab. And they could have just re- made Stab and they could just recast it. Yeah. Had the, you know, the MTV actors that they cast in the actual show. I don't know. I just thought after watching this, that, that, that could have been interesting, but I guess, I mean, when, I think it had been a couple of years between the fourth movie and that TV series. But Stab, I've always liked it as an idea. I suppose it does need to exist, though, within within these movies. And then I guess if suddenly Stab becomes a real thing in our world, I don't know, it, it kind of blurs the line between reality and the meta sort of layers and now my brain hurts. We have to, we have to move on before it melts. Just an idea. It's just something <laughs> I thought about, you know, talking about, you know, the Scream TV series and Scream in general, who mentioned Ghostface, Roger L. Jackson, he's voiced Ghostface in all five films, including that third season of the TV series. This film is the first time his name is up on screen with the rest of the cast. He's finally made it. Yeah, because it's it's been uncredited, has it? For yeah, every time. I mean, his his name's probably somewhere in the long list of credits at the end, but he actually got his name up on screen with the rest of the cast. Oh right, okay, okay. So when it's you know the actors' names are coming up one after the other, Roger L. Jackson was featured for the first time in this film even though he's been voicing Ghostface since 96. Oh, nifty. Are you talking sort of like the end credits where they they show everyone's picture and... Yeah, and the name comes up. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. I think what I was doing at that point, I was like on my phone trying to just Google if there was an end credit scene or something ridiculous. <laughs> so I must have missed it. And, that's good and to... was there? I, I left. Was there, uh, was no, there an end credit well, scene? The internet told me no, so <laughs> I went home. <laughs> <laughs> and there we go so we i guess we've kind of touched on well we know who the killers are we've talked about is any of the kills in particular that we've not mentioned that you'd like oh, to talk yeah, about yeah, i mean we already talked about the the one with well not really a kill but like the, the tara scene in, in at the start which was i thought i don't know pretty violent i think just because she's so young um i, I feel bad that I've, none of them actually coming to me i mean we mentioned who we mentioned the wes who else died the other like the, the quite a few survived yeah, to be the, honest both like you meeks thought kids. were dead the meeks kids yeah survived. both survived i mean chad for sure you thought he was done for like ghostface was after him was tracking him yeah. using the phone and you got the big old thumbs up in the ambulance it's like oh all right there he is and do you know what what he's when he's mentioned in this film, Kirby survives Scream 4. 
even though going off that film, it looks like she very much died. But apparently, according to, well, not apparently, according to this film, she survives. Mm-hmm. You reckon that maybe that they're planting a seed, maybe just leaving a few characters on the table so they can... Well, initially, they did They did want her to come back. I think it was scheduling with something else she had going on. They couldn't bring her back. Just like they wanted Ryan Johnson to have a cameo of the, the stab movie with the flamethrower, because that was one that was unlike all the others, <laughs> yeah. and that was a joke, obviously, on his Star Wars movie. Ah, oh, more Star Wars bashing. And apparently that was scheduling... So they couldn't get it. Well, actually, you know, I mentioned, you know, the, the way this film ends with Sam, you know, could go off in a completely different direction. When she, when she, I mean, I guess you could say it's self-defense. When she takes down Richie, when she takes down the killer at the end of this film, she absolutely goes for it. I mean, oh, he's done. She, yeah, she, she keeps on going. The channels she are, keeps like, on going dark, something dark in her there, which I guess on classic, so a classic horror movie, Amber Freeman, after being set on fire and everything else that's done to her, she screams and comes charging for them one last time. Classic, you know, you're right. You asked me, like, do any of the kills stand out? The, the two killers getting killed, well, almost getting killed. Are probably the most dramatic ones. Like that whole fight in the kitchen with Amber. Like, I mean, that did get pretty, like, it got pretty physical. And then, okay, like the somehow the gas turning on. I thought, okay, that's bullshit. But whatever. The flames were there. Her face lit up. It was great to see. And then, obviously, you know, Richie getting aggressively stabbed. Some sort of dark passenger on um, on Sam's side, like. It was like cool. Like this is pretty, uh, yeah. Probably the 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 best deaths, I guess, in in this movie. I'm saying that because I can't remember any of the rest. I think what is that? What was that other girl? Was it Liv? She just gets shot in the face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I mean, Dewey's death. Like again, he he got pretty gutted. It was pretty dramatic. It was you know, get the um get the big score out and yeah it was pretty epic but honestly i can't think of any other ones oh that weird guy that weird guy the uh, i don't know the weird guy to start near the um outside the bar ah yeah you know i'm looking at him and i'm thinking he looks really familiar and then saw the name in the end credits you're like ah it's kyle galner he was Impulse on the Smallville TV show. That's where I first saw him. <laughs> I think he was in the um, what was what was that teenage detective show with Kristen Bell? I'm blanking on it. Oh, Veronica Mars. The names in the title. Yes, I yeah. think he he was in that. But if you're looking for a Wes Craven connection, he was in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, there right. you go. He was in that. Nice. Um, yeah, so he's the guy at the beginning. Looks very different i guess and then you find out that he has a connection to somebody mm. they've all got connections to somebody which is what this film was doing differently so if you're going to rate this film out of five yeah i had i had a pretty pretty good time with it um i think it does not as good but it does what that the first one does uh, the first one did um it's 
it's pretty clever. It's having fun with the the satire side of, uh, you know, the the genre and I guess like the film tropes and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, they are making a genuinely entertaining and well crafted film. Um, there's some silly bits in it, but nothing to the level of what you got in Scream Three and Four. I'd say this probably is. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think this is, I don't want to get too excited about it because it's it's still fresh and maybe a revisit, I might, be, I might think differently. I think this is the best sequel to Scream so far. And again, I'll, I might eat my words in like a year's time or, or something like that. Um, I won't go full marks, but I'll, I'll, I'll give it a four out of five. I had a pretty good time. Um, yeah, I don't really want to hold back. I, we, I left the cinema thinking that was... That was really fun and, yeah, genuinely surprised. I guess my bar was pretty low. I don't know why. It was, yeah, four out of five. got to say, I'm the same as you. This is an easy four for me. I went in wanting to enjoy it, of course, like you do all movies. And I had such a good time with it. I really liked it, like, straight away. The Tara character surviving the opening, you're like, oh, okay, okay. We're going to get something different here. Ghostface looks the same. Sydney, Dewey, Gail, they all look the same, but everything else is new to this film. And twists and turns, you know, the requel approach, just acknowledging other films, other characters. Yeah, I had such a good time with this, and I knew I'd have to sit on it. I knew I'd have to wait weeks before you were going to watch it and we could talk about it on here. But yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this film and it is an easy four out of five. Well, I also like, I know we don't normally add new information once we're done, but I I like, you know, in talking about the horror films and stuff like that, they were also sort of taking a stab, no pun intended, at like, you know, that what they call the elevated horror films you know, like Hereditary and Bubba Duke and stuff like that. That's right. I, yeah. I appreciated all of that. Even though I wasn't the biggest fan of Bubba Duke, I'm like, I see what they're getting at. <laughs> I mean, I did, yeah, because it was the younger generation coming through and they're liking artistic horror. Yeah. More like high end, like, yeah. you know, art, if you will. Instead of silly, Whereas... silly films like, uh, you know, a guy and a Stab. ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Stab. I was like, scream. Yeah, or, oh, I don't know, <laughs> scream, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the approach to this film, the filmmakers, like, clearly fans of this type of movie, and and it shows. Again, first scene, ready or not, and, yeah, I, I had high hopes for this, and it absolutely delivered. As always, we like to close out on a little bit of trivia. In the original film, Sydney uses an online 911 emergency system to call for help. This scene was meant to show her typing her address, 34 Elm Street, but it was cut for time. It isn't until this film that an Elm Street in Woodsboro is seen made canon and confirmed to be the street Sydney grew up on. Of course, Elm Street is a reference to the Wes Craven classic, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, there you go. There you go. I did notice it. It was like, it was, it, I mean, the, the camera didn't quite zoom in, but we definitely got a full shot of Elm Street during this film. To be fair, though, there's probably an Elm Street, like, 
in every major capital city on the planet, probably somewhere. Yes. Like, there's got to be this. Like, it's a sequel. Like... <laughs> a sequel to a very famous Wes Craven movie or franchise referencing another famous Wes Craven film. So there you go. Elm Street means so much more when it's Wes Craven. 100%. I just want to say thank you for attacking my trivia. But anyway, oh, I'm always. just going to... Always. That's what I do. I'm just going to move straight on. Oh, I mean, this movie, uh, Spyglass Media Group, Paramount, they're the ones that are behind it, producing it, distributing it. They secured the rights from Fun World to use the original Ghostface mask for this film. So I guess... Uh, they'd lost the rights between four and five and they managed to get them again. Maybe that's why the TV show had a different mask, but then maybe at some point when they did that third season, they could use it again. Yeah, maybe. Right. maybe Because that's the thing, like, you know, the first screen movie, I've not listened to your episode yet, but it's on my to-do list. They, they just found it. Like, there's no big thing behind it. Like, it was an old mask at the back of an old store and someone from the props department found it and got the rights to use it. And it's classic. It's a great-looking mask. And, you know, I remember the mask looking the same in Scary Movie. I've rewatched Scary Movie recently. It's not the same mask, is it? <laughs> it's not it's not as good quality. I didn't notice that until the recent. I'm gonna say I actually it was actually last night. I went and watched scary movie again. I really don't enjoy it. It's like I don't know, that's the type of humor in that movie is just not for me. It's just so uh, still holds up for me, still holds up. I watched it. In fact, I watched it the same night that I watched this movie. Oh, for real? That was my double bill. Yeah. I watched this and then I thought, you know what? I've not seen Scary Movie in a while. But do you see what I mean? You know, there's a difference in quality of the mask anyway. Well, I remember the, uh, like, anyway. when he's like, you know, when, when Ghostface is like getting high and it, it's like obviously making different expressions and stuff like that. But um, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's different. I mean, the, the movie is ridiculous. The, the first couple of Scary Movie films still hold up. Still enjoy them, but because of their success, we got things like Meet Was it Meet the Spartans and Yeah Disaster yeah. Movie? Epic all movie. of those happened. Yeah. Yep, they all happened because of Scary Movie, which happened because of Scream. So there you go, it comes full circle. If you listen to uh again, if you listen to that rewind review episode, part of its legacy, um, we can blame Scream for all of those parody movies. <laughs> I we, gave you a plug in the opening. Can you stop plugging your podcast, please? Well, I'm just saying, <laughs> we pointed that out. <laughs> I will have a listen. I'm sure the people listening will also check out that episode. Well, that's it for our review of Scream. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Film Studio Podcast. And we also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. If you missed it, we, well, last year, we reviewed The Matrix Resurrections. Um, and keep an eye out for our next review, Hotel Transylvania Transformania. Did I say that right? <laughs> our next review, uh, Hotel yes. <laughs> Transylvania Transformania. 
That's right. Transformania is to rhyme with Transylvania. I read it for the longest time as Transformia. But anyway, yeah, you 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 absolutely got it right. This is the first time I've said it out loud. I've read it on screen. Oh, well. I watched the movie. I wrote <laughs> the prep. I wrote it many, many times. It's the first time I spoke it out loud. I didn't actually realize it rhymed. <laughs> so. There you go. Yeah, I just want to say before we close as well, our review of The Matrix Resurrections has received the most feedback of one of our reviews in a long time. So there you go. A lot of people listened to our review and really didn't like the movie. Really didn't like the movie. And they were pretty sure I was going to come in around a two, but I surprised them with a three out of five. I just like The Matrix. I really like that first film. <laughs> but anyway, hey. I've got a lot of feedback. Or we've got a lot of feedback on that Matrix. Review. Guys, continue to bring the comments in. Um, abuse us if you must. We don't mind. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <all> good. <laughs> Well, you've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film, Stu. See you soon. <laughs>